Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. It is April the 5th. We're five days into the second quarter. I know, just like that, second quarter. Yep, it's crazy. So how about this is a good topic. Now, I'm not sure if I'm in love with your title, to be honest you with you. You can change but it's, it. It's still good. So Julie wrote, 12 strategies to stop toxic people from driving you nuts. The whole toxic part, that word's overused, don't you think? Probably. We could call them crazy people. We could call them oh, no, no. Uh, stressful people. Crazy is definitely a protected class. Yeah, you got to watch true. out with that. Um, yeah, but I'll work on Wound that. Wound up people. But the, the takeaway there is valid, right? 12 strategies to stop, you know, jerks from driving you nuts. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you why, why I brought this back up, because we have talked about this on podcasts before, is I've had several conversations, and I've also heard on Clubhouse. With jerks? Uh, well, no, more like, you know, really good agents and brokers having to deal with the anxiety that's out there, mm. either from prospects or clients, but unfortunately, oftentimes from other agents, because they, especially on the buyer side, they're just all totally stressed out. And it's, I call it like agent on agent violence, though it's not violence, it's just like psychological violence. And I was reminded by somebody that, you know, you, you have to take the high road, you have to be the professional, because you don't know who's going to be the next one with the listing that your buyer needs to buy. And you don't know whether you're going to be the listing that you've got to deal with somebody who's best qualified buyer with somebody that you just had a fight with over some back and forth. So I, you know, I guess from a coaching standpoint, I, I feel their pain, but I'm kind of tired of hearing about the back and forth. And sometimes it's coming from the client themselves. I'll tell you, there's a lot of renegotiation attempts going on uh, for people. The one that I just heard about on our Facebook Live was a for sale by owner that got themselves in contract, sealed up contract, you know, dealt, the whole listing thing was fine. And two weeks into it, wants to renegotiate with the agent. Why? Because probably somebody's coaching them in the background, you know, found out they were in contract. Well, you're not paying that, are you? So these guys have a lot of stress and I want to help them manage it. So for that reason, I think we will use the word toxic because that does. Now <laughs> Those are just I, a few examples. Now that I'm listening to your description and why you chose that word, I can definitely see what you're talking about. Uh, but, it, you know, I was just scanning your points. And these are great points, Julie. Very well written. I will. Uh, there is one thing that, is, uh, that we should have as a preamble to point number one. Sure. Some people really are just sociopaths. That's true. It does exist. Yeah. And there's a certain, um, I, I remember when you and I were selling real estate, it was Rory that taught us that one in every hundred uh, deals yeah. you do, the people were just going to be crazy, basically. Yeah. And maybe the, whatever word you want to use, they're just going to be people that you cannot make happy no matter what. Mm -hmm. um, and some people are just like that. Statistically, a certain percent of the population, um, you know, it's they're either marginally sociopathic or they're sociopathic when they start experiencing any sort of stress. And so the people you meet when you go out to list their houses the first time you meet with them showing a house is might not be the same person that they are as soon as they're yeah. having to experience any kind of stress of, through the negotiation process, you know, let alone having to compete if they're on the buyer side. All that type of stuff comes out. So that's the thing that ultimately to be successful in this business long term, you've got to be a good mix of, you know, really Dr. Phil, you know, seriously, it, it, yeah. a Dr. Phil meets uh, you. Here's the other thing I was going to say, too, which, again, is a good preamble point is um, 
you know, I said, Dr. Phil, but here's the thing. Good doctors, they know how to show emotion without being emotional. Mm -hmm. And that's another good safeguard to protect yourself from being emotionally sucked into some of the, you know, some of the crazy, um, the vortex of bad behavior and toxicity, to use Julie's word, that's out there in the marketplace right now. So do seriously consider those two facts. I mean, the simple fact is, it's the best um, way of rising above all of it and not letting people think, you know, a lot of you are going to make the mistake of becoming a little bit too calloused to it, mm -hmm. and that's going to drive people away. So you can show emotion without being emotional. Where that specifically will play out is if you're dealing with a, you know, a buyer that didn't get a house and they're real upset, or a seller didn't get something and they're real upset. Listen, you know, Julie, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, you're experiencing what you're experiencing. It just breaks my heart for you guys. I was really hoping you guys would get into this house. Um, you know, it, and that, look, we didn't know that the other offer was going to come in where they're going to offer the person, you know, $100 million over asking, but what are you going to do? But here's the thing I've discovered being in real estate a long time, or here's the thing I've discovered just in life in general, if you've not been in real estate for a long time, is that, um, and you may have experienced the same thing, Mr. Buyer, or Julie, this is something you may have experienced, is that generally speaking, things work out for the re for the reasons that we don't necessarily know. For example, this house you didn't get, but maybe the reason you didn't get it is because the house, the next one we're going to discover, is 10 times better for you than this one was. And had you basically settled for this one, even though you thought you really wanted it, you would never have seen the second one, which is actually a house that you're going to want to stay in longer because it does fit more of your needs. So what, that's the way you got to Show emotion without being emotional and move p and future pace people to where they're going to, how they're going to feel after the stress is gone. Yes, and that, also keep the client. But that goes back to the whole Dr. Phil thing. And you can learn this from doing a lot of transactions. I mean, Julie and I sold thousands of homes. You can do it the hard way, or you could just essentially, uh, you know, be coached up to learn how to do it so you don't lose deals along the way. Because if you don't, and we're going to get to point number one, if you don't build somewhat of a uh, somewhat of a, a wall around your emotions, that's when you get really burned out because you're going to be having to constantly care and feed all of your real estate buyers and sellers, and you're going to have nothing left for yourself, let alone for your family. So the show emotion without being emotional thing is really important. Um, and also moving people away from their present emotional state of feeling fear and panic and towards the future emotional state of feeling calm and serene. These are all just little things that you're going to pick up as we go through these 12 points. Before Julie gets to point number one, I remind all of you, it's not too late for you to download the real estate treasure map. It's your fill in the blank business plan. It's your 2021 roadmap. And a lot of you are just coming out of your winter slumbers, getting back into real estate. Hey, guess what? It looks like winter might finally be over for all of the country. So uh, do get your 2021 business plan done and you can buy the real estate treasure map. I'm sorry. You can buy the real estate treasure map on Amazon, but why would you, if we're going to give it to you for free, just text 2021 to 855-685-1045, text 2021 to 855-685-1045. And also when you, uh, we're going to uh, text you back a link to download the treasure map, uh, print it out and then get started on it. But we're also going to give you Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, which is the public domain version of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill with a lot of real estate content that was also added to it. Those two things in tandem are the perfect way to get your mindset and then also your plan in place for 2021, really 2021 and, and years ahead too. So text 2021 to 855-685-1045. Yes, so 12 strategies to stop toxic people from driving you nuts. Here's a quote from Mark, from John Mark Green. Toxic people attach themselves like cinder blocks tied to your ankles and then invite you for a swim in their poisoned waters. <laughs> so yes, weirdos, crazy people, stressful types do exist. And I think you made an excellent point before we get to this official point number one. Some people are just that way 
and other people are only that way under stress. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to determine which when you don't have a lot of experience with it. So that's why you've always got to take the high road. And we're going to give you some 12 specific strategies and things to work on. So number one, prune the weeds before they grow. Have systems in place to identify what we call early warning signs before the weeds take over your relationship. In real estate, that means pre-qualifying 100% of your buyers and sellers for motivation, time frame, and level of cooperation. Use your buyer and seller pre-qual scripts without exception. This comes out on Clubhouse all the time. You did let, it this morning. Let me drill down yeah. on that particular point. Yeah. So you might think, so let me just, I'll bottom line it for you. You cannot make an unmotivated person motivated. You cannot make a seller that's not motivated, motivated to sell. And if so sometimes you might be thinking your seller is being unreasonable, but realistically, you're not working with an actual seller. You're working with someone who's acting and pretending like they're a seller, but they don't actually have to sell. And you want them to sell, which makes you part of the problem. You are, exactly. And so that moves on perfectly to an upcoming point about when you generate, you don't have to tolerate. But really, the moral of the story is you have to learn how to pre-qualify at a high level. And here's another little takeaway um, of point number one. There is no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. Buyers can always stay put, stay renting, stay living in mom's basement. But there are things that such things as sellers that have to sell. So in a market like this, and by the way, any market, if you have to choose between people that are sort of maybe one day motivated and the next day not, just depending on their moods, aka buyers, versus someone that absolutely positively needs to deleverage themselves out of the asset, um, an absolutely motivated seller, a have-to-sell seller, why would you waste your time working with the buyers? Learn how to go after the motivated sellers. It's a skill set that you can learn. Absolutely. So point number two, make sure you are not the toxic person yourself. Monitor your complaintometer. Are you a battery charger or a battery drainer? What would people around you say? Do you create problems just to feel like you have negotiated? I do see this in today's market where agents are overly aggressive with each other and they make assumptions and then they get into it. So make sure that you're not actually causing the trouble. Uh, And, you know, some of this is don't create an objection where there isn't one already. Don't feel like you have to over-negotiate to get the deal done. Just find out the facts of the transaction and deliver. That's a common new agent mistake Yeah, is that they over-negotiate because they're trying to, they think they have to rationalize their value to the customer. And the fact is, is the customer uh, just wants the house. You don't need to perform for them. Don't act like you're a home inspector. Don't act like you're an appraiser. Don't act like you're anything other than you are, which is a real estate salesperson. Your primary job is to open on the buyer side, is open the introduced buyer to house that buyer wants to buy, write contract, get contract accepted. On the listing side, if you actually read your listing contract, how little you're actually responsible for doing per your listing contract, I think a lot of you guys would uh, kind of laugh at how much extra you think you're supposed to do. In a market like this, the really the bottom line thing that you've got to be monitoring in yourself is you don't, again, the whole point of this is you don't allow your emotions to take over your potential. You have to see, think of it this, uh, think of it this way. You go to a doctor, a vet, let's say, um, and that doctor walks in there or you walk into the doctor's office and he's super emotional or she, right? And they're super emotional about telling you the good news and the bad news about your pet. You're not going to feel that person's very uh professional. You're going to think, well, this person must be new at this job, or there must be something unbalanced about them. Your psychology, everyone's like nature is to expect that a person who is comfortable and confident is calm. And if you're not comfortable, if you're not calm, what you're doing is you're telling the uh, person that you're trying to do business with that you're not competent. 
You see, competence comes from confidence. And so if you're acting uh, essentially erratic, emotional, if you're too intertwined with the result, you are going to make the customer feel the same way. Thus, you are the problem. Yes. Remember, knowledge equals confidence and ignorance equals fear. So some of you overdo it because of nerves, right? And that's really because you haven't actually done your research. You haven't done comps for the price you're trying to do. You know, it could be many different things, but knowledge equals confidence. So lead with knowledge. All right. Number three, stop having separate rules for different or unique situations. Just because someone is buying or selling at twice your average sale price does not automatically make them qualified. Stop having different rules for, you know, if it's a cold lead, then I use my prequal script. But if it's my friend, I don't. That's how you guys get in trouble is having different rules for different people. The simplest way of thinking about this is when you're going, when you're focusing on your best energies, and this is what we teach you to do in our coaching program, on being a listing agent, you treat every single opportunity the exact same way, even if it's your mama, right? <laughs> use the pre-qualifying script. You know the motivations. You know the payoffs. It's another one of the rules and Harris rules. If you don't know, you don't go. In other words, if you don't have the answer to five different questions about this, oh, the seller's motivation, then you don't go on the appointment because you're going to lose the listing um, because you didn't go in prepared. You yeah. never go on an appointment unless you know their motivation, their time frame, all the different intricacies that you learn in our coaching program. So don't go if you don't know. But most importantly, you have to have the exact same experience with every single seller you ever deal with. You, you know, pre-qual, I'm sorry, you uh, proactively generate the lead. Maybe you get lucky and they call you. You pre-qualify, you send the pre-listing pack. Um, you call prior to the appointment, you go on the listing appointment, you follow the listing uh, presentation exactly, you walk out with a listing contract signed. The, the process is the process because it works. That's right. Point number four, when you generate an abundance of business, you don't have to tolerate the toxic, unmotivated, overly pushy, disrespectful time vampires. How many times have you worked with toxic people because you just didn't have enough in your pipeline and figured, what the heck? The more business you have, the less you'll say yes to questionable prospects. But that leads us back to our previous point. You won't know if they're questionable if you're not using your buyer and seller prequal scripts. But this is also the fate of many new agents. Many new mm -hmm. agents will end up working with the buyers in particular that the yeah. other agents won't work with mm -hmm. because they're not qualified financially or because they've been up through a bunch of agents and it turns out that that buyer's a little bit of an axe murderer or something. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, so the agent crowd has pre-qualified them for them. Right. So if yeah. you run into a buyer that's claimed to have worked with a lot of different agents, chances are maybe a couple of those agents weren't the greatest, but that many, if it's three or four, you pretty much sur can surmise that there's probably some screws loose with that particular buyer. And maybe you need to take a hard pass. And if you're not, it's probably just simply for the fact that you don't know yet how to go after listings. And that means that you're not going, to, you're going to have to simply accept what the market's going to give you opposed to learning how to basically not just pluck the low hanging, the low hanging apples off your own tree, but learning how to print plant your own orchard of apple trees so you can have your pick of where you're going to grab your apples. In other words, it's about, you know, you could argue abundance versus scarcity, but at the end of the day, this is really about being skilled or not being skilled. Yes. Point number five, and this is a big one. Stop thinking that real estate is full of toxic people or that just your business has toxic types. It's not real estate. It's dealing with the public. Every business that's successful has toxic people slip under the radar from time to time. That was Rory's point. One out of 100 are just going to be flat out nuts. It's a numbers game. It's not because of real estate. It may be your business from time to time when you get several slipping past you. So when does this happen? When you're busy, when you're tired, when you become disorganized, when you've stopped using your scripts? What are your personal early warning signs when people start to slip under your radar? 
Well, if you have standards, if you pre-qualified mm-hmm. people, and we could just think of the from the buyer side, and if you you know they have to have actually been approved by the lender, the lender's letter actually has to be a real lender's letter. If you know there, we have rules that we give all of you guys yeah. to, uh, to essentially how you can go about pre-qualifying. It's not just pre-qualifying, but it's also just a behavioral aspect to uh, ascertaining your client's motivation. Like for example, if you call that buyer up and they're claiming that they're you know a ten out of ten as far as motivation, and you call them up with a house you know about. And they don't call you back right away, or they don't really want to see it right away. That's not a ten out of ten. There's an inconsistency there that you need to be thinking about. Again, going back to the fact that you know buyers change their minds and their motivation every day, and that's the reason we want you always to gear your best energies every day towards working with sellers. Um, so if you ever think about uh, the recurring themes of the th- of the types of clients that, to use Julie's term, are the most toxic. Have you ever noticed that most of them are on the buyer side? So, and it's because they're under the most stressed right now. And that's the way this market's going to be for probably some time to come. Gravitate all your best energies to becoming a listing agent. Listing agent. It's the key to happiness. Okay. Point number six, appreciate difficult people for the light that they shine on your business. This one was hard for me because I used to get really drawn in and affected by it and drugged down and take it the wrong way. So appreciate difficult people for the light they shine on your business. Cranky, particular, stressed out types are like heat-seeking missiles looking for the flaws in your system. Be grateful that they identify those issues for you and fix the flaws, assuming they were legitimate flaws. Well, but there's also a side point to this too. At least they took the time to actually point out your flaws. And I do remember specifically when we would get somebody who was one of these, you know, higher... uh, I would say, uh, toxic, toxic uh, sellers, how they would go through every single damn thing. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they were the grammar <laughs> police on home brochures or MLS yeah. printouts. And But you know what? They made us better. They did make us better. Things like making sure that when you promise that something's going to be done on time, that you let them know that, you know, usually it takes two to three days to get the photography, the drone, the, this and the that. And, you know, that caused us to create the what happens next that we would leave behind after a listing appointment so that they wouldn't have this, like, you know, great experience with us on the listing. And then like, well, what now? What happens next? And you do get that as part of our listing. Uh, I'm sorry, as part of our coaching program, you do get the what happens next after the house is listed. And the way it's designed basically is we've um, budgeted in 50% more time to get anything done. Uh, that way, the seller is always going to be pleased on the upside. Because you are uh, under promising and over delivering. Right. That's absolutely something we learned from Difficult sellers. Yep. (laughs) Okay. So point number seven, focus on what's going right more than what's going wrong. Gratitude, grace, and giving will prevail when you focus on what you're here to give more than what's here to take. When someone slips through your filter, but they're still your client, especially when you have them in contract, your job is to follow through for them. Be the solution, not a continuation of the problem. Get back to a place of being of service. Sometimes you have to get out of your own way. This means setting your ego aside and simply doing your job. Your clients trust you to lead the way, even if they don't verbalize this to you. They don't know how to ask for help, but you know that they crave your leadership. Profit is the result of your leadership and your skill. You know, with that point, Julie, takes me back. I remember uh, it's part of our listing process, too. That's part of the coaching program. When you're taking the listing, you have to ask the seller what their expectation is of how you they want to be communicated with. And we actually have a form that we ask you to give to your prospective sellers and ask them that very question. How do they want the feedback? Do they want it digitally? Do they want someone calling? Do they want, you know, it's they part are of the going communication to, guarantee too. It's, it yeah. is part of our the communication guarantee is something that's also part of our listing um, or the training we give all of you guys. It's the number one complaint. Like after someone closes, the number one complaint consumers have about real estate people is lack 
lack of communication. So Julie and I thought, well, huh, let's include a, a communications guarantee in the pre-listing pack. And that, and it, this is part of the listing presentation. If you're, you know, one of the things you're supposed to ask the seller when you sit down with them for the actual listing appointment is what are the two or three things that they're looking for in the agent they choose to, for the job of hiring their home? What are the, you're selling their home. What are the two or three things, qualities, characteristics that are most important to them? And then the seller will typically say communication. They'll say what they're going to do to sell the property and net to me. They typically say those three things. And then you essentially address those three things in the listing uh, presentation. But when it gets to uh, almost always communication or lack of communication is their greatest fear. So when you give them the communication guarantee, and again, this is part of our uh, coaching program, which is again mostly geared towards learning how to list houses. The communication guarantee specifically says in writing how you're going to be communicating with them exactly. And then they sign it and then you sign it. It's, it's just, it's not it's anything agreement. legal, but it's an agreement. That right there is going to knock any of your competitors out of the water. And if it was, if you're competing against the previous, the agent they worked with previously, and you know damn well that that uh, seller uh, is maybe not that thrilled with how that previous agent actually serviced them, in other words, communicated with them, and then you're putting how you're going to communicate with them in writing, don't you think that gives you the leg up in that listing process, even if you have no prior relationship with that seller? Of course it does. We don't want you to be competitive. Being competitive isn't enough. We want you to dominate. That's what our whole... You know, that's what Premier Coaching is all about. Yes. So, and I need to get to a client call, but I wanted to leave them with a thought that you just demonstrated. When you have this stuff happen, turn it into a competitive advantage because somebody has just pointed out something that maybe you did wrong, probably everybody else is doing wrong. So you do it right and shine, you know, instead of being all hung up about it, turn it into something that is a competitive advantage. And I've got to go call a client. Oh, good. Well, thank you, Julie. Thank, great notes. And so uh, podcast listeners, thank you for continuing to make this the number one listen to daily podcast in at least the United States. Uh, we really sincerely appreciate all the great praise you guys are giving us on iTunes and all the great praise you're giving us for our book on um, Amazon. It's, it's really fantastic to be of service to you guys, especially in a changing market like this. It, I have to say, Julie and I have been saying this really for the last two years, but mostly in the last 12 months, it did feel like we were entering into this new era. And I had so many interesting conversations over last week. Julie and I uh, worked half, it was spring break for us last week, so we only did the podcast. And so we had an opportunity to catch up with a lot of our friends, most of which were you know coaching clients and just people like that we've known forever. And to a person, all of them are feeling, without even necessarily verbalizing it, they all seem to be talking about how they themselves are going through a form of a renaissance or they themselves are experiencing what you know the the roaring uh, the roaring 20s right they themselves are starting to see life through a different set of filters and i'm not really i, I can't really put my finger on any one reason but i will tell you there's definitely going to be a dramatic snapback in the economy and the expectations people have for their lives when COVID is completely in the rearview mirror and that's going to happen hopefully later this year maybe even sooner. Be ready for it, guys, because you think the real estate market's been hot in the past. It's going to be so extraordinary for the, probably at least the next three to five years. So put all these pieces together. The entire market, a little bit of it has to do with interest rates. Interest rates go up doesn't necessarily mean the market's going to slow down. How can I say that with confidence? Because the main driver in the real estate market right now is not the interest rates. The main driver is demographics. You have more people, more demand. Even if interest rates went up by two, three points, you will see a lessening of demand 
uh, because some people will just be priced out of the market. But also that's going to be a good thing because it'll mean a slight softening of prices, which you know will mean hopefully that there'll be a more a return to normalcy and buyers agents can make a living again and the market starts to adjust back in favor of, of you know an equilibrium in the market. But the moral of the story is, is our whole housing market isn't just based on low interest rates. Low interest rates is certainly the rocket fuel that's getting us to Mars and back, right? But it's all kinds of other things that are happening simultaneously. I don't, and Julie and I've been, you know, fascinated by this. And again, we're talking to other people, not just real estate people, asking what they're experiencing and they're seeing. It's almost like this, uh, there's all these different forces that are gathering uh, technological innovations, but really it's COVID. I mean, coming at the end of COVID and what, uh, and how people want to live and what they're expecting for their lives. And there's, there's this sort of this, uh, this building momentum for something that's better than what was before. And it's not just about materialism. It's more about quality of life. It's more about quality of relationships. I hope you feel that too, because we certainly do. Uh, do everything in your power to not be living in your own self-made shadow. And by that, I mean, a lot of you are acting like uh, you're not, well, you're not taking the actions you should be taking to seize the markets in front of you because many of you are expecting some sort of big housing collapse or many of you are expecting some sort of big collapse in general. You're looking, and, and so I want you to think about that. If you're acting that way, if you're looking and feeling, um, you know, still living in the shadow of COVID, right? And I get that. I told some of you are going to have emotional scars forever, all of us in, less, in differing degrees, right? are going to have emotional scars from it forever. Everyone's been affected by it in some way, directly or indirectly, no doubt. Third worst pandemic in the history of humanity, by the way. Did you guys know that? True story. Now, so everyone, no one's getting out of this thing clean is the bottom line. But you've got to remember that that is going to soon be the past. And what can be the future is something extraordinary if you decide to frankly you know, take off your proverbial mask. I don't mean that literally. But take off your proverbial mask and start realizing that you still have just an enormous life that you can be living, an incredible opportunity to be of service to other people. So be very, very careful that you're looking, you can call it taking an optimistic uh, perspective, and that's great. Now here, let's look at it from the other side. If, for example, the locusts return, right? And there's some kind of massive headwind to the economy, and there's just, you know, all the worst pessimists in the world play out uh, and prove to be right. Let's just say that happens. I mean, guys, I don't want that to happen because there's a lot of human hardship that goes along with that, just hardship in general. But you can still make money. You don't have to worry that somehow just because the market shifts, you're going to be experiencing scarcity. You won't. Why? Because people buy and sell real estate no matter what the interest rates are, no matter what the economy is, no matter who the president is, uh, no matter what, right? People are going to be buying and selling real estate forever and ever and ever. And furthermore, they're going to be buying real estate in larger, much, much larger numbers because of the demographics that we're experiencing right now, primarily in the United States, but also in other parts of the world as well. So, you know, this seems a little bit silly to say this, but it's definitely true. It You need to make it true for you, or at least consider making it true for you. If you've ever wondered what it feels like to be in the right place at the right time, believe it or not, it's how you feel now. Now, if you don't actually feel that way emotionally, take the time to start realizing that you need to maybe unplug from some of the toxic people that you've surrounded yourself with. Maybe it's on social networking. It just doesn't matter where you're getting these negative inputs. Pull out of those relationships, pull out of that influence, and then start locking into the person that you want to be. Because no matter how old you are, there is still a wonderful opportunity for you to make magical things for yourself and for your family. And look, we have coaching clients that are in their 70s and their 80s. I had one that was 91. 
<laughs> True story. Uh, and it was amazing, right? Didn't have to work for money, just wanted to stay motivated, wanted to make contributions, wanted to just do things. Look, you can do the same thing. Don't give up. Don't think that you that uh, don't think that your best days are not still ahead of you because they are. Every single one of you, that's true. If you make it true. And the opposite can be true as well, if you make that true. So if you guys need to get a hold of me for anything, just text me directly, 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Um, and if you guys want to talk to Julie and I about Julie and I sponsoring you at eXp, if you're looking uh, for an eXp sponsor, just text me directly at 512-758-0206. In the meantime, have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you this program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.